You're listening to the Life Tree Church Sermon of the Week. We pray that as you hear this word, you would be encouraged and inspired as you pursue Jesus in your everyday life. Good morning. I would like to share some words with you this morning from the book of Acts. And uh, uh, I've got some words here. And actually, it just, you know, uh, on, on Saturday, my oldest son, Timothy, and his fiancée, Aaliyah, in Auckland, shared some words and entered into a covenant relationship and are now Mr. and Mrs. Wason. Yeah. Exciting. So those words that they shared meant something. There was something behind those words. And uh, Luke, in Acts, has written down some words that mean something. There's something behind these words. I've, I've just pulled out a few words here for us. Violent, fire, holy, spirit, tongues, amazed, prophecy, saved. Does that tell the story? Let's hear the, uh, some of the other words in between there. Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all those who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus in Asia, Philgia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much to whine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven raised his voice and addressed the crowd, fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. 
Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Amen. Thanks, John. What a word. What a story. Uh, you guys probably know if you've been here since the beginning of the service or if you've been in church for a while, today is Pentecost Sunday. Thus, we are reading that story from that scripture. Um, but before I go into starting to look at some of what is in that scripture for us to see, I want to back up and remind us of some of what Jesus promised and said to his disciples before this. And I'm thinking specifically back to the night before Jesus was crucified. We have this discourse from him in John uh, 14 through 17. And specifically in John 16, Jesus tells his disciples, it's better for you that I leave. And what's going on is his disciples, they are, they are sad about all these hints that Jesus is giving them that he is going to leave them. And yet he tells them, guys, it's going to be better for you that I go. Now, thinking about Jesus saying it's going to be better for you if I go, let's just think for a second about what it must have been like to have Jesus with you in the flesh in your day-to-day -day life. When you read the Gospels, what are some of the things that we hear about Jesus doing? Anybody? Heals the sick. Yeah. He raises the dead. He drives out demons, sets people free from like that oppression. He eats with people, someone said. He teaches. He teaches what the kingdom of God is like. Like no better teacher, no more accurate preaching. It says his words were full of grace and truth, right? He multiplied food. He walked on water. He commanded storms to cease. He makes water turn into wine. Somebody's happy about that here in the room. The, the, uh, there, there is this like just amazing stuff happens around Jesus. You know, when, when they were, people were confused with him. And he says to his disciples, are you going to leave me too, right? What does Peter say to him? No, you have the words of life. There was something that they experienced when they were around Jesus that they couldn't help but be attracted to. You know, Jesus would have been the eternal optimist. He always had faith and hope and joy and peace and love. Like when you were in Jesus' presence, there's just probably this sense of like anything's possible. Nothing can stop us, right? There was just this, this, this life force that emanated from Jesus so much so that the sick were healed and the dead were raised and the demons, you know, fled, right? The world became a better place wherever Jesus went. And, and, and people wanted to be around him, of course. And so how could it be better? Like, seriously, Jesus, what are you talking about? It's going to be better when you leave. 
Well, he's saying, guys, that spirit that has animated me and caused all these things to happen through me and around me that you've come to, to be drawn to, that you want to follow me, that you're willing to endure all this stuff that you endure hanging out with me, that same spirit that's rested upon me is going to come upon you. In other words, no more are you going to have to come to where I am physically to experience this. I'm going to put it in you and upon you. And the same things that happen through me are going to happen through you. That, that, that resilient hope and faith, those words of life in you. What he was saying, guys, was that there was this union that he was going to make available between you and God. Shortly after those words, he prays in John 17, Father, may they be one as you and I are one. And then he says, I in them and me in you. Jesus is saying, guys, me who you've come to love, I am going to actually live in you. This is weird, okay? This is weird stuff that Jesus talks about and says. I know it's mystical and it's strange. What do you, what do you mean you're going to live in me? The same spirit alive in him, now alive in you. Guys, that's a good deal. It's a really good deal. You know, when Peter's like, where else am I going to go? Who else has these words alive? He's saying, Peter, bro, I'm going to be with you. Like, like when you're discouraged, when you're down, when whatever is going on in your life goes on that, 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 that beats you up and knocks you down, you just have to turn your affection to me and I will speak to you. I'll be right there with you. Now, I don't know about you guys, how many, hopefully some of you can relate to this. I know for me, having the Holy Spirit in my life is a massive gift. Massive gift. When I'm depressed... He'll give me joy. He'll give me hope. When I am afraid and anxious, he gives me peace and he puts a trust in my heart. He calms the storm. When I have been sick, he has healed me, like physically healed me. I've seen him heal people's bodies through me when I pray and speak the words like he spoke. When I'm confused, he gives me wisdom. He gives me solutions. He gives me creativity. The Holy Spirit in your life is a profound gift. Can I get an amen? amen. Like this is, this is good news. Union with God. And he said to his disciples something else before this. In the chapter before Acts 2, we have Jesus saying to his disciples, you know, wait in Jerusalem. Because I'm going to give you what I promise. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you're going to have power. And you're going to go be my witnesses in all the world. But he's saying you can't actually go be my witnesses until the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Because, see, Jesus wasn't interested in a people who could just simply repeat his teachings and stories. He wanted a people who embody the same spirit that he embodied. You with me? This is the gift we have. You know, I, I found myself thinking about um, just a little comparison to this. We, we watch a bit of NBA in our house, okay? Elijah's gotten into basketball over the last few years, and we're, 
we're into the NBA. Any other basketball fans in the room? We got, a, we got a few of you. Okay, okay. You know, if you're an NBA fan, you know there's like this age-old, well, maybe not age-old, okay, but decades-old, debate about who's the GOAT. In case you need a definition, that's greatest of all time, okay? Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, there's this, you know, some people... Debate. Some people don't debate. Elijah is solid on knowing who it is. He, he, he's, he's got his pick. Well, I don't know. See, look, he's shaking his head. No, he doesn't agree with you. But anyways, okay? If, if oh, Michael's putting a new nomination in the mix here. Uh, so what we've got, guys, though, is we've got these great players, right? And if you listen to their teammates, their coaches, the people who are around them, you will hear similar definitions about these guys. And what the teammates and the coaches talk about is their drive and their discipline. The, the, like, this guy, he competes like nobody competes. He's in the gym training in off-season like nobody trains. These people were just determined. There was a, a, a competitive spirit in them that drove them and disciplined them to, to just work harder than most, right? Well, imagine if you could take that same competitive spirit, that drive and discipline, and put it on all your players. It, it would be a game changer, right? Like there is, they're not going to change their skill set. They're not going to change maybe the way they approach the game. They're just going to bring their unique skill set, their unique approach to the game. But you put that same drive, discipline, determination into all your players, it's going to change the team. I found myself thinking about that. Like Jesus is saying, I'm going to put the same spirit that was in me, in you. It's going to be uniquely Telsey or uniquely Callie or uniquely Stacy or Malachi or whoever else, but it's that same spirit. And when this happens... There's really something unique, and this is what we see in the scripture that John read to us, okay? When the Holy Spirit came upon the church in this unique way, in this first-time way that we read about just now in Acts 2, what happened? They spoke in different languages, in different languages, that the people around said, we hear them telling the wonders of God in our own language. One spirit, many languages. One spirit, many voices. So there was this, these people around who some of them are hearing them in, in, you know, they're saying the Medes and the Elamites and the, you know, all those crazy uh, places that John did such a great job of reading them all. I was amazed. I was like, wow, he just nailed them, you know. Uh, but these people were hearing in their own language. I want you to think of it like this, okay? It says even before that, it says that they heard a wind, right? This mighty rushing wind or this violent wind as it said it in the NIV. 
Think with me for a second about a wind instrument like a saxophone or a trumpet or a clarinet or a whatever, name them. It's all the same air flowing through. It's all the same breath potentially being blown through, but the different instruments make a different sound. And I want you to understand that each of us is a unique instrument, that when God blows his spirit through you, you release a unique sound in the earth, unlike anybody else is designed to make. I want us to catch this today. This is really what I felt like the Lord wanted to speak. Some of you maybe were here last week, and I was, we were praying, right, for, the, for, the, for voices to be raised up in the earth who would speak the gospel in unique ways in our time and culture because it is needed. But I want you to catch this. There is a sound that only your life will make when the Holy Spirit flows through you. There's a Vaughn sound, there's a Drew sound, there's a Mike sound, a Victor sound. I'm not going to name everybody in the room, okay? Just put your name in there, fill in the blank. But here's the thing I also find really interesting. When the Holy Spirit starts to, we can see somebody partnered with the Spirit and God moving through their life. We can start to compare and we can start to go, oh man, that's, they're, they're really effective. That's working out really good. Look at all the people they're reaching maybe or something like that, right? But isn't it interesting that whatever tongue maybe Peter was speaking in that morning, only a certain part of the group were able to understand it. And the tongue that John was speaking in would have been reaching people that Peter's not reaching. And the, and the tongue that any other disciple is speaking in is reaching a group that another was not. And there is a unique voice, a unique language that God has ordained to come through your life when his spirit rests upon you. Your life experience, your journey, has positioned you in a unique way for the Holy Spirit to flow through you in this city, in this day, in this generation, in this culture. There's a people that only you can reach. There are people you know that I don't know. There are people you interact with that I will never interact with. You can say that about anybody in this room. The key is the same spirit, the spirit of Jesus resting on you, flowing through you. I think like in the way we have all sorts of Bible translations, right? We, we keep on doing all these iterations of translating scripture. It's all just attempts to bring the same message, the essential saving message to people in a fresh way. So that a certain generation, I mean, there's no question that if you take like old King James and compare it to, you know, new international version today, one of them's going to connect a little better to, to our time, to our culture, right? Both English. Are you with me, guys? And there's a particular truth particular word, a particular message that the Spirit wants to translate through your life to the world around. And it's the wonders of God. 
That's what it says they heard. They heard them speaking in their own tongues the wonders of God. In other words, they had good news they were saying. They weren't just going about like going, you need to live like this and you need to do that. Now you need to do this. No, they're announcing good news about what God has done. That's our call. There's something about, you know, the church called to praise. As, as the team was leading us in worship this morning, I'm just like, yes. This is what the Spirit does in us, causes us to praise God. And that last chorus that they led us in singing, you know, may it be a sweet, sweet sound. It just got my heart. It was like, come on, may there be a sweet, sweet sound that goes out from his church, that goes out from your life in the city of Victoria. Good news. The wonders of God. And here's the deal. I want us to see something, though. When the good news, the wonders of God, are flowing through these lives under the power of the Spirit, there are different reactions. There's, there's a group of people who it says they're amazed and they're perplexed and they're coming with honest questions like, what does this mean? Right? But then you've got this other group that says, some, however, said they've had too much wine. These guys got to be drunk, right? So what, you, what you've got is you've got wonder and amazement and you've got mockery and minimizing. Both happening in response to the same spirit and the same good news flowing through the church. So, so don't fall into this idea that, you know, okay, if I get it right, if I do it just right, everybody's going to love me. <laughs> Everybody's going to be excited about what I have to share and say. There's a reality that under the anointing of the Spirit, declaring the good news of the wonders of God, there will be people who mock and minimize that message. Others will be amazed and full of wonder and lean in with honest questions like, what does this mean? Tell me more. What, what, what are you talking about? Right? There's this reality that both responses happen to the same spirit and the same message. I don't know if that encourages anyone. It encourages me because, I, you know, there's, there's, you get, you get these varied responses. And, you know, why are they looking at these guys and going, they must be drunk? How do drunk people behave? I mean, there's, there's, let's, let's stick on the more positive side because I know there's violence and there's all sorts of stuff that happens to alcohol. But, but I don't think they were there like slugging it out, getting in scraps or anything like that. I don't think that's what's happening in Acts 2. There's, there's, there's probably joy. There's a joy on them as they declare the wonders of God. There's a boldness with which they are making these declarations about God, about who he is and what he's like. So much joy, so much boldness that they go, they got to be drunk. That must be what this is. Because they're so different. So unusual. What, what's, what spirit gets poured out, right? The Holy Spirit. The word holy actually means set apart. There's a uniqueness. There's a unlike anyone or anything else to God. And it is that Holy Spirit on your life 
that will make you look different. It will make you stand out. But you stand out with joy. Stand out with boldness, with courage. So this is the, this is the mockery, the minimizing going on. And Peter says, no, 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 guys. That is not what's happening here. That is not what's happening here. He says this. Okay, let's look at it. Let's look at what he says is going on. He says, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And I'm going to read it. This is verses 17 to 21. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, I find it, it's a very interesting explanation of what's going on. There's really two sides to it. On the one hand, he's like, here's what's happening, guys. The Spirit of God is coming on all types of people. Like, and that's one of the significant things I want you to catch. When he says he's going to pour out his Spirit on all people, he clarifies what's meant by that. He's saying on young and on old on male and female. What he's getting at is this isn't just for one unique class of people. All people have this available to them to be filled with the Spirit of God. And the fact that they're speaking different languages speaks to it. Each one of us is invited into this experience of being filled with the Spirit of God. And so you've got that really good news in the explanation, but then you've got this other part, right? He says, signs in the heavens. There's going to be, uh, what does he say here? Blood and fire and billows of smoke. I don't know about you. That doesn't sound very encouraging to me. Uh, And it says, the sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day, Lord. I don't know what that even means, guys, okay? I'm just going to say it outright. I don't have a good, you know, know, scholarly answer for you about it. But what I do know is it sounds like troubling times. What, what, what I do know for sure is when I hear blood and smoke and, and billows of fire, right? Or is it blood, fire, billows of smoke, and, and the sun turned to darkness and the moon to blood? I don't know. It doesn't sound good. We agree on that, okay? Sounds rough. And, and what, what I'm really catching, though, is what he's saying is that in the midst of troubling times, I'm going to pour out my spirit on a people. On a people who will then prophesy. What does it mean to prophesy? To prophesy is to speak under the inspiration of the Spirit of God. When we're singing the songs that we sang this morning, we are corporately together prophesying into Victoria the reality of who God is. You come from your week of whatever's been going on and you start to get aligned to this eternal truth that we need to be anchored in. That's what the Spirit does in us when he causes us to begin to speak the wonders of God, to praise him. We have good news in the midst of troubled times. And the thing I want us to live so aware of church is this. 
that, that, that our world that's going through troubled, turbulent times needs a people filled with the Spirit of God, with your unique sound, with your unique voice and language with which you declare the truth of his goodness and his beauty and his glory and the wonders of God. The truth of the gospel. That's on your life. And so the, the, the invitation, the call, it's really simple. Be a people who say, Lord, fill me up. Lord, fill me with your spirit. When, when Jesus was asked by his disciples if he would teach them to pray, he, he came and we talked about this back in, you know, I think January, February. But he gave this really simple instruction saying that, you know, your father is really good. And if you ask for bread, he's not going to give you a stone. And he, and he ends this teaching saying he will give his Holy Spirit to those who ask. In other words, the number one best thing you can go to God asking for is his Spirit. Holy Spirit, fill me up. What I just feel to say today, church, is that we are not called into a life of just simply theory and Christian worldview and all this stuff that's good stuff. We're called into an experience of being filled with the Spirit of God again and again, empowered by the Spirit of God to speak of His goodness and His beauty in this city in our day. And I want you to know again, I'm going to say it again, your life is designed to release a unique sound in the city of Victoria. And it is through your voice, it is through the words you say, but it's also through the embodiment of that truth. Through the way you run your business, you're speaking a message. Through the way you do your job, you're speaking a message. Through the way you treat your spouse and your children, you're speaking a message. Whether you conduct yourself with integrity or not, you're speaking a message. Your life has a unique sound to release. And there's ideas and creativity that he's put in you. Maybe you have dreams. Maybe you have ideas of starting a business. Or maybe you've got dreams and ideas for a song or something artistic or a podcast or whatever it might be. There are ideas in you that are to release a unique sound in the earth. When the Spirit of God flows through you to declare the goodness of God. And there is a language that only you can speak to a people that only you will reach. And so when we get that in us, when we realize like everywhere we go, there's this call, this opportunity to be a people through whom heaven touches earth, you better believe it causes you to go, Holy Spirit, fill me up. I need you. I need you. It's not interested in just empty words or going through the motions. We're invited into this relationship with God Himself. What happens when heaven meets earth? What happens when your spirit is united with the God of the universe, the creator, the sovereign king? 
Something good's got to happen. Something profound, something significant. So we ask, we seek, we knock. We say, Holy Spirit, come. Let us not be a church with just stories of what you did back then. But God, break through today. Break through this week. Break through in this city. Break through in this moment when culture is going crazy in these troubled, turbulent times. Holy Spirit, we need you. You know, Jesus said to his disciples about this reality, about the Spirit coming, he said, you're going to do greater things than I do. That's crazy to think about. But when you do just pause and think, like we have this account of Jesus' life, his earthly life. Now think of the last 2,000 years since his ascension. I guarantee you there's been more salvations. There's been more healings. There's been more resurrections. There's been more deliverances. There's been more miracles. There's been more nations changed. There's been a far greater reach through the multiplication of the spirit of Jesus in the lives of many people over generations than had he just stayed and, you know, done his circuit around the globe. And and I want to say to you guys, like, If one person leaves here today saying, Holy Spirit, fill me up, use my life, instruct me, lead me, guide me, I'll say what you say, I'll do what you say to do, I'll go where you go, it's worth it. But what if five people did? What if 10? What if this room? There was 120 people in that room, in the story we just read about, and the world was radically changed. What if this room full of people said, Holy Spirit, use my life. Holy Spirit, fill me up. So that's our prayer. We're seeking to be a praying church around here, okay? If you want to join for prayer, I know it's an early invite, but we meet at 6 a.m. on Monday mornings. Uh, there's a Zoom call at 7 on Wednesday mornings. There's pre-service prayer here on Sundays. Uh, there's another group that meets Wednesdays at 10 in the hospitality room. But right now, let's pray together. So can you guys stand? And I want to encourage you to just pray in your own words. I will, I will pray here from the mic. But my invitation is, church, let's ask for the Holy Spirit to fill us. Let's ask for a fresh filling of the Spirit right here today. So, Lord, we thank you for the invitation We thank you for your power. We thank you that you didn't leave us. We thank you that you come and you speak words of life, words of strength, words of wisdom, words of instruction, words of inspiration to us. We thank you for the the, the voice you've given us in this day, in this place, in this city. We ask you, Holy Spirit, fill us up. Strengthen your church. Empower your church 
to release heaven on earth in Victoria in Jesus' name. You guys, just go ahead. Just pray out right here, right now. Holy Spirit, we ask you make us a hungry people. Make us expectant. Lord, we thank you that this story, this account is not intended just to be something we look back on. Lord, may it grab our hearts and our attention for today. For you to do it again, for you to continue to pour out the power of your spirit in and upon us and through us. Fill us up. Fill us up with power. Fill us up with your spirit. God, give us your heart for the city of Victoria. Give us your heart for our workplace, for our schools, for wherever we go about our day-to-day lives. I ask that you would put your heart in us for the people around us. Fill us up, Holy Spirit. Fill us up, Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to the Life Tree Church Sermon of the Week. At Lifetree, we are a family all about declaring and displaying Jesus to transform lives and benefit our city. If you'd like to find out more about Lifetree, you can find us online at lifetree.ca.